you have your Bibles, please open to Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Uh, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here today. Well, we are currently in the middle of our sermon series called The Church, God's Kingdom. And this is the first sermon series that we're going to have or that we're having for 2018 as part of our preaching plan for the whole of the year for 2018. So the reason why we did that, uh, you know, is to make sure that, uh, to help ensure that we as a congregation grow together as a church, as we lay the foundation of our, you know, fundamental basics in our Christian faith, as we build upon it throughout the year, as we, uh, as we learn God's Word. And again, the idea is for all of us, individuals, couples, families, to grow together as a congregation. And uh, so far, what we have done with this series is we have looked into and, and, and were reminded of a very important building block in our Christian faith, and that is our identity. We saw that in the month of January. We learned about who we are and what we do as uh, God's family and as the body of Christ. Now, for the month of February, what we have done is we have looked into a different aspect of the kingdom, of the church. We looked into Jesus' call for us to enter that kingdom. Jesus' invitation for us to become members of his church. Now you're probably thinking, wait, have we been doing that? Not sure. Doesn't seem like it. Well, I understand. The reason I believe is because Jesus does not invite the way we people invite let me, give, let me explain. If I invite people over at my house, I only tell you guys about the good things, right? Because I want you guys to come. I don't want you guys to go, no, nah, I don't know if I'm going to go. I only tell you the good things. Like, for example, hey, come over. We're going to have lots of food. We're going to play video games, board games. We're going to chat. We're going to watch YouTube. You can even wear your PJs if you want, right? And most importantly, there's going to be lots of rice. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, sticky rice if you want that. Lots of rice. But I don't tell you the, you know, I don't tell you negative things. Because why would I? I want you to be enthusiastic about coming to my place. I don't tell you, oh, by the way, before you come, uh, make sure that you shovel our driveway. For you, you know, some of you have done that, actually. But, you know, like, I don't do that. Or before you leave, I don't, I don't tell, oh, before you leave, you make sure that you clean up the house and wash the dishes. I don't, that's my job, right? I don't tell you that because I want you to come. 
But Jesus, when he invites, he does both. He gives us the full disclosure. He tells us both the good things and the bad things about coming to his kingdom. That's why it doesn't feel like we're actually listening to Jesus inviting us to come to his church, to his kingdom. Uh, What we have done in the month of February as we look into his invitation for us to join him in his kingdom is we have looked into the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. The Sermon on the Mount was uh, Jesus' first recorded sermon to a bunch of people, to a great number of people. And in this particular sermon, he told people about the reason why he was on earth in the first place. Jesus told people about his kingdom in his Sermon on the Mount. He begins in chapter 5 of Matthew by telling people that uh, what, what, what the people of the church, what the citizens of the kingdom will be like. We call that the Beatitudes. And then he continues on and progresses in chapters 6 and 7 as he tells people about what they, who they must be and what they must do as part of their righteousness in the kingdom. And then in chapter 7 he concludes. And this is where the harsh reality Lies. This is when Jesus tells us about the harsh realities of coming to his kingdom. On the first week of February, Vince told us about the narrow way. You guys remember that? Vince told us about what Jesus said. Jesus said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, his kingdom. And the second week of February, Sean talked to us about probably one of the biggest reasons why it's so difficult. One of the biggest reasons why Jesus said, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many go in by it. It's because of false teaching. It's everywhere. You don't even have to find it. It finds you. And last week, Wayne talked to us about an even harsher truth to stomach. Jesus says, not everyone who calls, uh, who, who calls on me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But who will enter the kingdom? Jesus continues, only those who do the will of my Father. But this morning, we're going to conclude the second part of this sermon series, the call of Jesus. And we're going to end it in a really positive way because Jesus ended his sermon on the Mount in a positive way. He gave us the choice. And the choice that he gives us is a no-brainer. He tells us it doesn't have to be hard. He tells us we can be wise and build on the rock. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Building on the rock. But before we go there, you know, Jesus tells us, gives us two choices, right? And again, it's a, no, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. He tells us, well, you can either build your house on the rock or on the sand. But before we compare those two and we study those two in accordance with our scripture reading this morning, let us talk about what that means. What does it mean to build on a particular foundation? Well, it's really a metaphor, it's, uh, it's referring to our lives here on earth. 
So each and every one of us, as we live on this earth, as we live out our lives, we are essentially building on a foundation. It's either rock or sand, but we are building on a foundation. That's what we are doing. Foundation, our foundation is important because it will determine where our lives go. It will determine how we would stand or respond to the storms of life. It ultimately indicates to us where our souls will go for eternity. And Jesus tells us that our houses and our foundations, okay, our lives, will be tested. There will be storms of life that will come our way. It doesn't matter if you're building on rock or on sand. But that thing is for sure. We will have storms in our lives. And we will see how our houses, how our lives, how our foundations stand the test. Now let's go to the first one. The rock. So Jesus tells us in verse 24 of Matthew 7, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So Jesus equates building on rock to being wise. So rock equals wise. And this is where we want to be. We want to build on the rock. We want to be wise. Jesus tells us it is wise to build on the rock. Why? Because he says, those who build on the rock are those who hear these words of Jesus and puts them into practice. So we hear the word of God, it goes into our ears, it, we process it in our minds and in our hearts, we accept it as true, we trust it, we believe it, and then we honor it enough and we value it enough that we practice it in our lives. That, to Jesus, according to this verse, is wisdom. That is wisdom. That is why we say that God's word is practical. It's practical because we put it into, yeah, practice. Right? Now, one of the things that I really purpose in my heart, and this, I want you I want to be accountable with you on that. So if I fail on this at some point, knock on the door of my heart, say, hey, Jay, remember one of the things that characterized your ministry? Remember what you told us? It's not happening, so please keep doing it. One of the things that I vowed to do in my ministry is to preach and teach the Word of God with a view to relate it to you so that you will see the need for it to be applied in your life. That is not something that I just made up. You see that here. You see that here in this verse. And in James, we see the necessity of learning about God's word with a view to not just putting it in our heads, not just knowing about it, with a view to actually applying it in our lives. James 1, 22-24, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. You know, I think I talked to you about this before. I think on my first ever sermon here, I talked about this. 
I said, it's like me, like with my braces on. You know what I'm saying? Going to a restaurant. Sometimes, for the most part, I go to a restaurant and I would like, before I leave, I make sure that I go to the washroom and look at my face because there's like food stuck in my braces. But it says in here that I'm foolish if I look at the mirror, look at my face and see that there's like broccoli in there, sushi in there, and I go, oh, that's great. Ah! And then not do anything about it. Just leave, knowing that I have food stuck in my mouth. That is foolish, according to God's word. We would be doing the exact same thing if we hear God's word, understand that it's good, but then our response is, nah, it's not for me. That is not the response. The response is, I'm going to put in... Uh, put into practice what God has told me to do. Now in verse 25, Jesus tells us how building on the rock will help us in our storms of life. Verse 25 reads, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. As I said earlier, one of the surest things in this life is that we will have storms in our life. We will have problems in our life. We will have pain in our life, physical, emotional pain in our lives. We will have relationship problems. We will have work problems, financial problems. We will, have, we will see people you know, dying around us as we age. You know, as a parent, for me, right now, the most striking thing for me about this storm in my life is seeing my children suffer because they're sick, you know, or because they, they hurt themselves. That's, that, to me, is one of the biggest things for me in my life right now, is seeing my children suffer. It's harsh. But... Be that as it may, we have different storms that we need to weather in our lives. But according to Jesus, when we build on the rock, when we build on the foundation of his word, we will not fall because we are founded on the rock. When I think about this illustration that Jesus used, I think about one of the things that comes, the one thing that comes to mind, and I can't forget is this place called Edinburgh Castle. You guys have heard of that? This is the picture right here. Edinburgh Castle. When I beheld it, I'm telling you, it's like one of the most majestic things I've ever seen in my life. This thing is built on a huge rock. And when you see it, it's like, nothing's going to happen to it. It's been around since the 1500s. And it's still as majestic and beautiful as it is today. When Jesus tells us that we will not fall because we are founded on the rock, I see individual Christians like this. Strong in the Lord and not falling. But you probably ask, well, Jay, hold on. We're going to be like that even if, like, we have problems, even if we have crises in our lives. Even if people around us die, even people around us get sick, 
we would be like that? I'm going to dare say yes, because Jesus promised that to us. Remember what Wes said during the table talk? He said, Jesus' words are always trustworthy. He never lies. And I'm going to convince you of that even more by showing another verse. Habakkuk wrote this in chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Habakkuk tells us here this verse, that even when his world crumbles, his livelihood, his way of life, the things around him, he is going to rejoice in the Lord. He will be sad, but he will have joy in his heart because God is his salvation. Because regardless of what happens in this life, we lose our jobs, we die tomorrow. And I always say this, we die tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter because God has saved us. He has redeemed us. The best thing that can happen, and it's the best thing that will happen, is we see God face to face when we pass away. And then he says in here that he trusts in the strength of God, that he will strengthen us in our time of need. That is what it means to be wise and to build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at the alternative. Building on sand. That's sand right there. In verse 26 of chapter 7 of Matthew, Jesus says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So Jesus equates sand to foolishness. We don't want this. We want the other one. We don't want this. And Jesus says it's foolish. Why? Because we hear God's word and we don't do it. We don't put it into practice. That is crazy. That is foolish. 1 John 2.46, we read, If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That is how we build on the rock, is to do what Jesus did. Live our lives like Jesus did. But we will be living our lives on the sand if we do not do what Jesus says, what God says to us. I love this verse, most importantly, because it marries the two ideas together. Obedience and relationship. You see that in the middle there? When we love God, obedience happens. When we love God, we don't have to think about what should I do? What should I not do? We don't have to live our lives just focused on those laws and commands. When we love, 
we're more focused on what we can do for God instead of what we can't do for God. Right? That is the beauty of having a relationship with God. It's when we love Him, everything falls into place. When we truly love Him, everything falls into place. Now, in verse 27, we see how building on sand withstands the storms in our lives. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I love the imagery here that Jesus puts in our minds to convince us, don't build on the sand. Have you guys ever seen a house built on sand, like by the beach? Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen the after effects of what happens when the sand shifts from underneath it? See, that's the reason why sand is not a good place to build on, because it shifts. Have you guys heard of that expression, shifting sands? Have you heard of that? I've never really, I've heard of it before. I had heard of it before, but when I saw it in real life, when Lynn and I were, were able to go to a desert someplace, and then there's a beach there, we have to like trek like a be- uh, like desert, but it's beautiful. It's like all these mounds. But I never understood shifting sh- shifting sands until I went here to this place, right? I remembered from the from our hotel room we would go to we went to the beach day one and we saw that there's a huge mound of sand. And if you're like me, I do landmarks. I, I'm not good at remembering street names. I just go, oh, there's a big mound there. With that big mound there, and then a few more steps, and we're going to be at our destination. That's how I do things. So we went, and we went to the beach. There's this big mound. I remember it's to my right when I'm going there. And we come back, it's to my left. It's just, you know, a few, like, you know, if I look at it, it's two digits, like, you know, two digits from, from our hotel room into the mound. I know exactly where it is. The next day, I went out. Mound was not there. It was five things, five fingers onto my right. I was like, what happened? And I remembered shifting sands. That is why we do not build on sand. Because when we build on sand, your house might look nice. Remember the song, the children's song we sang today? It might look pretty now, but you're going to rebuild it again. Okay? This is what it looks like when we build on sand. And it comes crashing down. That's what Jesus said in the verse. It fell with a great crash. Now, building on sand is foolish. Because when we build on sand, we are unstable. Our minds are unstable. According to Paul, when he wrote to the Ephesians, we're like children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That is what we would be like if we built on sand. Yesterday we had a Filipino-Canadian potluck and Bible study, and we zoned in on a verse that I, I want to share with you today. This verse is this, Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This particular verse tells me, in relation to our uh, lesson this morning, that if I build my life on a foundation that's not sure, like Jesus, my priorities in life will be out of whack. How does money 
How, how, do we, how does money become our master? How do we serve money? You know, to answer that question, I'll tell you a story. And this story is still... I still, I still remember this story from the time that I heard it. When I came into Canada in the mid-90s, when I was 16, I remember seeing like a whole new stories, uh, a whole new, uh, a series of news stories about this thing they called Rolex robberies. Have you guys heard of that in the 90s? It, it was in California. If you were wearing Rolex, people would come and rob you at gunpoint. Tell, give me your Rolex, and you would give them... Give, Give, give them your Rolex. But this particular story astounded me. And it reminded me of this verse. Because in the story, the robber came, came up to a woman who was wearing a Rolex. Said, lady, give me your Rolex. And you know what she said? She said, no. The robber said, I'm going to shoot your daughter if you do not give me your Rolex. You know what the, 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 the lady said? No. You know what the robber did? Shot his daughter. She was crying. She was crying. And the robber still insisted, give me your Rolex or else I will shoot you. And you know what she said? Yes. She said, no. I'm not going to give you my Rolex. You know what the robber did? He shot her. Now that is poignant to me because you know what the lady did essentially? Was sacrificed her daughter for her Rolex. Also, what she did was she died for her Rolex. Did you see that? That is how we serve the world today. That is how we serve the things that we have in this life today. When the things that we have own us. When the things that we have use us instead of us using it. That is what happens when we build on the foundation of sand. Brothers and sisters, let us not be foolish. Let us be wise. Let us build on the rock of Jesus. Now, before we go, I just have one more thing. Remember, I told, I told you about this being practical. And really, I want you to take this lesson today. Take it with you. And as you drive, really think about the importance of this so that you can apply it in your life. I just have one more story to tell you. I, I saw this on the internet, okay? You know, when you scroll down Facebook sometimes, like there's this story about things, it's like infographic, and there's like subtitles, which is cool. So apparently, people are like garbage cans full of garbage. Sometimes. When you nudge that garbage can, when something happens in that garbage can and it falls over, garbage spills. And the moral of the lesson is, well, be patient with people because we are all like garbage cans. We have garbage, and when something happens in our lives, we spill all of our garbage to people. You know, I dare say something contrary. I dare encourage you to say that we are not garbage cans. When we build on the rock, we are like cans of Febreze. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like a crock pot full of good food inside. When that crock pot falls over, we spell out good food. When that Febreze gets sprayed, we spray beautiful things in the air. See, when the storms of life hit us, that is when the real us, 
the stuff that we fill ourselves with, the stuff that we fill our hearts and our minds with, they come out. When our faith is challenged, our real selves come out. It spills out to the people around us. And I want all of us to remember and to be encouraged that today, let us resolve to take the bad stuff out and fill ourselves with the good stuff, Jesus and his word, so that when we are tested, when people nudge us, when we fall over, what spills out is good stuff. And I leave you with this verse, Proverbs 10:25. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. If you would like to heed the call of Jesus today, to be with him in his kingdom, with his church, please come forward as we stand to sing the song of invitation.